Hi there, welcome to an episode of an Inside View podcast in association with On The Ball Team Building. I'm your host, Jamie Finn. If this is your first time listening, please do go back to episode one and have a listen. If you haven't done so already, please do click subscribe. There is a business or sports person in each of us, and we hope that our guest stories will help our listeners to chase their dreams. Welcome to episode 8 of series 3 of an Inside View podcast with On The Ball Team Building. Big shout out to Shire Baron Cafe and Clarny for the continued support. We really appreciate it guys. I would also like to mention Dubai based ready made meal company Fit Meals whom we've teamed up with. Their ready made meals are excellent and extremely convenient. Check out an Inside View podcast instagram page all you have to do is search an inside view podcast or on the ball team building in order to avail of a discount this week we're delighted to be joined by dubai based model gray hair ambassador and advocate for women's health and longevity caroline le boucher the britain has featured in british vogue magazine eight times in the one year the former receptionist turned model at 54 is proven that you can achieve what you want and take a new direction at any point in your life. There's no doubt we have a huge amount to cover, so let's bring her on. So, hi Caroline, thanks for taking time out to come on Inside View podcast. How are you keeping? I'm great, Jamie. Thank you very much for inviting me. So, oh yeah, I was really excited to, to get this over the line, um, and when the opportunity came, I had to grab it with both hands. Your story is quite remarkable and in, inspiring, especially for people who, you know, who get into their 50s and they think life is, is done then, or they have reached and have done what they're supposed to do, but we'll delve into that soon. Briefly, I'd like to touch on COVID. How was that time for you, and, you know, from a mental and physical perspective? I hated it. I, uh, I, but I learned a lot. I learned that I need people. I need touch and eye to eye contact, not just via Zoom, uh, although it's lovely to meet you on Zoom. <laughs> um, it, I just need people. And I, and I was surprised how much um, I had taken it for granted. So I, meet people if people ask me for coffee um they need not necessarily advice but me to try and uh, trigger some some dreams that are inside them that they don't even know are there uh, then I'm more than happy to meet up so I put it out there <laughs> <laughs> brilliant brilliant and I suppose the, the fact there was no you know events either that do you find that quite difficult from um I suppose mental health perspective. Um, I, I think being told no uh, is always a horrible thing, and being told you cannot leave the house. It, it's like during Ramadan, which is no longer a big thing in Dubai. When we first got here twelve years ago, um, and you'd be walking around the mall and you weren't allowed water. So I'm really thirsty. I really need to drink water now. I, I didn't, but it was because I was told no, that it became a bigger thing. So being told that we couldn't leave the house uh, was being told no. And I don't, I like a yes. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> um, so, but we did, we imagine, you know, David is so fit, uh, my husband. So we gave each other challenges. So we ran the Burj Khalifa up and down the stairs. So we had a board at the bottom of the stairs and we would mark off however many times, I think it was 72 times or something. And <laughs> um, so we, we and, and then we'd invite people on Zoom. So we'd have the computer also at the bottom of the stairs and we'd have other friends doing it at the same time. So we managed to, to fill our time and eat too much. I became a baker, which I am not normally. Brilliant, brilliant. So if, if we just had to look back in that period, what were the main takeaways would you have had? Um, that I need people. I, I love people. Brilliant, brilliant. Look, um, without further ado, I want to get into this. I'd like to bring the guests back to the start and want to shape them into the person they are today. Um, and I was bouncing ideas around how would I structure this uh, with you. So I'm just going to go straight into it. 
and we might be going back and forth, but I do think there's a, a lot to be taken from it. Um, so you got into modeling in your 50s. Cool. And yeah, and I, I came across that you you felt that life kind of really started again for you in your 50s. Um, look, obviously, my, my parents are, are well in their 50s at the moment, and I know people who are well in their 50s. And perhaps it's a that generational thing that they think that life is done now, seeing as I've reared my kids what advice or what guidance could you give people to change that mindset um, from from your own experience? I remember two things specifically. One, driving along with the kids in the car on Shakeside Road and them saying they liked a car or I said I liked a car. And I said, oh, you know, what, when you grow up, as in grow up um what what would you have and that I was past dreaming about owning a Bentley not that I want to own a Bentley but I would no longer have that dream I would have that dream for them and so that was one trigger in my head the other was walking into Carrefour in all of the Emirates and suddenly feeling invisible and I had grey hair already, very few grey people in Dubai, as you know, and people bumping into me. I mean, it happens whatever, whatever age you are, I understand that. But it was a sudden realisation of um, being middle aged and, and being invisible. Uh, so that was another choice. Um, that sort of took over my life. And that was that I, I now walk in there with my shoulders back and I walk a little bit taller and I make myself an entity. I'm no longer going to walk in there in an invisible fashion because it doesn't matter what you look like, it's what you're giving off, isn't it? You can be standing in the corner, but if you're giving off a vibe, it, it can draw people to you. And... So that was a, a mindset. So I walk differently in certain situations. If I'm a little bit apprehensive or nervous or intimidated, then I'll you know, stand a bit taller and a bit stronger. I, I, would I be correct in assuming that that didn't happen overnight or that, um, you know, what, what could you kind of advise people that would change their mindset or a start because I know so many people and they're so regimental in you know the old mindset I wouldn't say the old mindset but a kind of a closed mindset but I, it'd be great if they could kind of change that I don't know I'm explain myself right now I hope you yes <laughs> so you do completely so I'm what am I 57 now I'm 58 in July and I'm assuming that I'm halfway through my life that it leaves a lot of time ahead of me. I'm halfway through my life. I've got a whole other potentially 40, 50 years ahead of me. So why would I want to give up now? Why would I want to sit back and wait to become a grandmother, which is biologically what we are doing at our age? Menopause sets in, you get whiskers on your chin and you lose your eyesight and all of that shitty stuff basically comes down on you. And that is when you have the choice to give up, accept things the way they are, or go and get those whiskers taken out of your chin, try not to wear glasses or don't wear the glasses that make you look older. <laughs> Um, don't walk humped over, uh, try and stay fit, move, um, don't allow yourself to put on weight because many women in their middle years will say, can't budget. You can, if you want to, if it's a choice you take, you can, you can do anything in your fifties these days. Brilliant. I love that. I love that. And then hopefully that'll give some people um, encouragement to, to kick in the right direction. I'd like to bring but, it... but, 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 but to be fair, it isn't the right direction for everybody. If you're happy to put on the weight, to sit on the sofa, watch Netflix, just like we did during lockdown, and wait to become a grandmother, 
that is your choice. If you don't want to, there are options. And I think that's the important thing. You don't have to accept what life is throwing at you. Brilliant, brilliant. I'd like to delve into, because I think this is important, because look, we only see the good things and the, the bright lights out there on on social media and, and in, in the <laughs> in the, in newspaper articles, whatever the case may be. Um, but this is not directly pointed at, as you know, in, in regards to social media, but David lost his job um, at one stage when you were maybe five years in, in, uh, in Dubai. I'd like to kind of bring us briefly through that and what advice or guidance would you suggest to people who are perhaps in, in, in similar positions? Because as a result of COVID, I imagine people are. And unfortunately, the way things are at the moment in Ireland and the UK, it's looking like there's going to be another um, another recession, the way that the, it's basically boiling at the moment, unfortunately. What advice could you give people on that? You know, if, if you want to explore well, what happened, fair enough. If you don't, it, it, it's okay. I, no, I, it was in the newspaper. I, um, an article was written about it. It was bad. No two ways about it. I wasn't a particularly lovely person during that time. I had been, I've been on happy pills, Satanapram, for, I don't know, 20 plus years. I've tried to come off it. Um, but every time I go to the doctor, I'm told just to go back on it because I'm even more even on it. So I take my happy pills. When David lost his job, we didn't have free medical cover any longer. He was in the military here, which gave us a house and gave us um, medical cover. So he lost everything. We had paid for our land in Canada, which we had owned for 15 years. We'd paid that off, which was great, but it left very little money back here. This meant that I couldn't get my pills because here you have to see the doctor, which is a fee every month. You need your medicine again, which is a fee every month. So I went cold turkey off those. So I went down and David would go off to a coffee shop and sit with his computer and he'd come home and I'd say, well, how many jobs did you apply for today? Where, why haven't you got a job? I just thought he was so employable. He'd been in the army for 30 years in Britain and then had come here. And I couldn't understand why he wasn't just getting a job. And so I was in a really bad space. He then went off to Hawaii. As you can imagine, that didn't make me feel great because he'd already um, um, signed up. He exactly. He got his accommodation. He'd signed up for everything. He paid for everything um, doing his Ironman World Championships. But for me, I was thinking, let's just pack up, go back to England. Let's just go home with our tail between our legs. That's what I need to do. I need the national health. I need my family. And David kept on saying, no, we must stay here. It'll be fine. And he left for Hawaii. He left me in an empty apartment uh, with no AC and two dogs and a daughter on the sun lounger. And it was a really, really terrible time for us. So we came to the closest um, that we have ever come to divorce in our 30 years of marriage but we luckily made it out through the other side it was I would not want to experience that again but every experience teaches you something and I again I learned a lot about myself and I was particularly horrible I yeah I was mean um, you you came across a spiritual healer then um, when we lived in Swindon, I came, I don't know how I came across her, but she was incredible. She's the kind of person who would say, um, you were in a car accident with a red car and it ro rolled on its right side, you know, that kind of spooky. So she, she could look forward or she could look back? Um, she could look forward and back. So she would gain your confidence by saying something like that, that was so mind blowing. Um, and so I, so she had my confidence. So when she said, so she popped up on Facebook out of the blue back then, and 
I reached out to her and she said, oh, we can do a telephone reading. And I just thought, well, you know, what, how do you do a telephone reading? Anyway, I said yes, because I had nothing to lose. And she said, you need to take control. He cannot take control at the moment. And never in 30 years of marriage had I taken control. I'd been the wife of, I had a number. Or, you know, I used his number. Wife of, da, 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 da. And being told to do, so when you, when you have a reading, you tend to write everything down or record it. And it said, you need to, she said, you need to take control. This is your time to step up. And I never would have thought of doing that because of the place I was in. I was just ready to you know, curl up in the corner and just wait for him to get a job and to start our life up again, wherever that might be. Um, but I didn't. It planted a seed. And then all of the other experiences around me that I'd had, like feeling invisible and like thinking that I was giving up on my life because I was now waiting for the kids to live their lives and just to be part of their lives. Um, then the next step, I don't know if you want to go into that. Yeah, go on, yeah. Mimi leaving school early, she went to London and was working for a company and they were looking for a grey model and I had never modelled before in my life. Um, what were you doing before this just so people I was a, I was a receptionist at a school and did, did you feel that before sorry for interrupting do you feel that you're you know you were accomplishing you, you do you feel accomplished doing that but at the time did you like did you feel that you were happy doing that at the time but probably looking back yes I was it was only a part-time job it was mornings and it got me out of bed and then I was amongst a really good uh, core bunch of women who kind of understood when I burst into tears <laughs> on a regular basis, A, because of menopause, B, because my husband didn't have a job, um, C, because we were living in this horrible place that had very kindly been lent to us. But it just wasn't what I ever expected my life to be. So it, it did come as a shock. And I did feel sorry for myself. Um, but it was part of my life because I'd been there for six and a half years. So it was part of my routine. Uh, and I guess you need routine. Otherwise, you just stay in bed, as I said, and curl up in the corner. Definitely. And it's, so you, you got a phone call from your, your daughter. Um, do you want to follow on from that? I was an email yeah. or how was it? Uh, yeah, it was mum, my boss is looking for a, for a grey model, but I'm not a model. Uh, yeah, I have grey hair. Uh, but they flew me back to London and they loved me and I got the job and they said, how much do you want to be paid? And I said, um, I, you know, I wanted to say I'll do it for free because yeah. I, you know, it was I, it was just beyond anything I had ever, I had never dreamt of being a model because my daughter had modeled at the age of 16. This was her life, not anything that I was expecting to happen. It wasn't on a vision board or you know, anything that I had set in my future because I had given up on me. So when I was, offered the job um I think I, David and I looked at each other and said you know would a thousand pounds be okay for <laughs> <laughs> um to be featured in British Vogue eight times in one year uh, yeah and I and I got the job maybe I got it because I offered to do it for so little money but it, it's it, before I ask my next question I'd like to get clarity was this before or after the spiritual lady after and it, it, did anything come up before you know um, when, when you met the spiritual lady that tied into your what happened I, I i'm gonna have to look back and see that i don't think it came up that i was going to be 
a model or an influencer. <laughs> I don't think that <laughs> came up in the in the reading, um, and I wouldn't have certainly wouldn't have believed her. Um, I'm going to have to look back. It's so interesting looking back at those. Um, I went to see just going back back. I went to see a tarot card reader, another one before I met my husband and it said I would meet somebody and it mentioned the name David wow and I didn't know now I know a window cleaner a plumber an electrician a husband I know a lot of Davids back then I didn't know any Davids and it said he would be to uh something to do with law and order and he was in the military so that was yeah so they are they can you can come across some good ones that's amazing. That's amazing. And in, in, in relation to so that, let's let's uh, let's go forward again because I have I've happened to going back, so apologies right. about that. But the decision to say yes resulted in you being on you know in British folk eight times in the one year, is that right? Yeah. That was amazing. Do you think if that opportunity came in your 30s or 40s, you would have said yes? That's a difficult one. I'd like to think I would say yes, but I wasn't brave back then. I'm much braver now since making the decision to be more independent. And David loves the fact that I'm more independent. I was a um, a widow of circumstance during our marriage. I think you know he'd be away a lot, uh, Bosnia. Iraq, um, all all over the world, and then becoming a triathlete. I was then a triathlete widow because you know what it's like. He's out for five hours most days, and then he'd go off to South Africa and compete, and he'd be gone for for a couple of weeks. So I'd be saying, yeah, "When are you home? When are you home? Are you coming home?" and now it's I won't be home <laughs> when you get back. I won't be home because I'm going out to dinner tonight. So I'm a completely different person um, now. And I say yes to everything. Whereas before, I would never go out in the evening by myself and wouldn't I would wouldn't fly by myself. I wouldn't go away by myself. And now last week I was in London for two days. I just zap off, do my job and come home love it <laughs> would you have been um an introvert so before you made that that, uh, that decision don't don't point out although i'm a leo so i i wouldn't say probably that i've been an introvert because i could still dress up and be on my husband's arm but i wouldn't have been happy to do that alone Oh, gee. And I, I think it's important that what, from that experience, what have you learned that perhaps might help one person to, to change that, that mind frame, perhaps? Sorry, I'm putting you in the, on the spot now with a lot of questions. No, 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 <laughs> it's fine because, because everybody is individual. I think it's finding a passion of your own inside you and finding out what that is is not easy and it doesn't come naturally necessarily so the more people you talk to to find out what flicks your switch the better and even to find out what doesn't will help you find out what does so I think women are really good at at chatting with each other and even if you go into a discussion it doesn't have to be about you or about your switch. You can help other people turn their switch on, which helps you. Turn on your switch as well, depending if, yeah, I understand yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. And, and that can be, I can be talking to you and finding out what yours is. And that might make me think, oh, I could do that. Or um, if I'm good at helping you do that, maybe that's what I need to do. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a career. It just has to be finding out what excites you in life. Because what is the point in being alive if you're not excited? 
I don't know if it's still on your Instagram, but I believe it was on your Instagram. Um, I am the person I always was, but never had the opportunity to be. Was the opportunity was that opportunity not there because you you weren't saying yes to things? Was it that because I wasn't my own person, so I didn't. It wasn't up to me to say yes or no because I was a child of my parents. Then I was girlfriends of boys. Then I was wife of my husband. Then I was mother of my children. And then. And then what? That's when I think women begin to feel, can feel lonely because they don't necessarily always have the relationship they had with their husbands before. So uh, if you don't have that, then, then you become lonely. Then you have all the menopause issues, which can make you feel depressed. Um, all sorts of symptoms that you didn't know, know exist, 30 symptoms. And so you don't have the confidence that you maybe had before. So it is, it's a battle. I'm on HRT, so my hormones are pretty level, but it is a battle to find yourself because you, you are finding yourself all over again because you're possibly alone. And, and then you have to make a choice. Do I stick with the man I don't love anymore? Do I stick with this man I don't know? He's not being very friendly to me because he doesn't, I don't know about menopause. He doesn't know about menopause. And I don't, I don't, what, what, who do I identify with? On that point about menopause, I was going to bring it up soon. Um, I think it, your experience and, and the way you have and you do speak openly about it. Um, what, from what, from your experience, what do you think works for the other partner in the relationship to help the individual through the menopause stage? I think women should download a podcast, possibly. Uh, actually, I do have an IGTV of my husband and I talking to a menopause specialist, being in a car on a journey so your husband can't get out of the car. <laughs> <laughs> put it on the put it on the um, the radio, whatever, um, and get your husband to listen to it so you can't run away from a man's point of view, because if you think about it, divorce is gonna happen around middle age. They're gonna go for a younger model, but that younger model will be going through menopause at some stage too. But they don't know any of that. So many women don't know. So how can you expect their husbands to know? So it is up for, to us as women to make sure our sons know about it. I'll, I'll, I'll be chatting to a man in the elevator and bring up menopause or a taxi man or whatever it is but, uh, but you not... know perimenopause starts at 37 all right yeah jeez yeah. so yeah you can women can start having symptoms on average at around 37 so uh, but but then from a man's point of view so i'll say this to a man yeah. well, he's not going to go home if he says that to his 37 year old wife she's probably going to hit thumping <laughs> 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 are you menopausal <laughs> You know what? <laughs> <laughs> I know that's that's the situation. I suppose what, what you're doing is are you trying to create a conversation around this that you know so it's again it's it's I suppose it's the old the way I think you know our, our our parents' generation would have been not to really talk about it, but the more we talk about these things, the better and just have an awareness of of the topic, especially from the from the male perspective as well. Um at least you kind of have some idea how to navigate the situation well as best as you can it would be helpful if if the guys knew about it as well uh, because we definitely need support we're going to go through it whether we like it or not um mm -hmm. so yes the more we talk about it i meet women every week in their 50s and they're too shy to bring it up because I mean, if, if you went into details there are 
some details that I, it's not fair to go into, but stop relationships between men and women. And they're too shy to talk about it. Even to doctors, they don't want to bring it up. Um, mm -hmm. So the more we make it acceptable to chat about it, and it's not an age thing. I did an IGTV a couple of weeks ago with a girl who started menopause because of cancer treatment when she was 21. Whoa. Whoa, yeah. geez. Shocking, absolutely shocking. And I said to her, Do you know, have you spoken to your mom about menopause? And she said, well, actually, to be honest, the cancer thing is bigger than the menopause thing, but there's still the fact that she is still menopausal and she's got all of those symptoms on top of. Yeah, double Answer. Oh, my double God. Oh my God, Jesus. she's the most upbeat, upbeat woman, you young lady that you would ever speak to. Absolutely gorgeous. And how long does the menopause go on for? I, I, it, does it vary in, in, in each woman? It does. It does vary. Um, I'm pretty much post-menopause. Post-menopause is when you haven't had a period for a year, I think. That's when you're, you're done and done. You still have symptoms, some symptoms which which crack on. Other people will say it's a breeze and they you know, didn't have any symptoms at all. But it's still going to affect your brain health, your heart health and your bone health, even oh. if you don't have symptoms. And does exercise help the whole journey? Yes. Yeah. Yes, because you, but dementia is what, um, dementia, um, uh, bone disease, uh, all of those things or exercise is good for all of those things but i'm not an expert i you know, I, I just speak to experts and try and get the the help that women need to them but yeah we're all in the same boat definitely definitely and i believe you're um you're big into affirmations and i am as well i think they're extremely powerful um have you you know you you, you perhaps you might speak to someone about you know, coming up with their own affirmation, saying I'm, I'm good enough, I believe that was one of yours. Um, so that would lead me to suggest that you had a lot of self-doubt before. Do you find challenges chatting to people about it, about it, the power of affirmations if they haven't kind of gone through the journey? Because, you know, if you go through the journey and the power of affirmations, you know how beneficial they are. But if you're trying to encourage someone to go through, to look in the mirror or to self-talk, um, it can be quite challenging. I'd just like to kind of get your your feeling around around affirmations. I'm not a yogi. I'm not any any of those things. I can't um, I don't really sit still long enough to um, meditate. I, I will do when I grow up, I keep on saying. <laughs> I have a vision board. And I have my affirmations and my vision board next to my toothbrush. So when I'm brushing my teeth in the morning and the night time, I read them. Uh, if I'm feeling, uh, I, I go through phases of literally putting my hands in the air and saying, have you seen, have you seen, have you seen? There's a little girl uh, who brushes her teeth. She's standing in the sink. Uh, Instagram, YouTube, whatever it is, and she says, I love my house, I love my brother, I love my sister, I love my mom, I love me. And so we went through a phase of doing that in the house, and we'd literally just you know, walk into the TV room and say, I love my husband, I love my home, I love my dogs. And so occasionally I'll do that in the bathroom and get you know animated, but most of the time I'm just going, mm. <laughs> <laughs> but um, my vision board, I'm particularly excited about because we recently bought our first house after 30 years of marriage and on my vision board I made it last year this particular one and I have a YouTube about making that vision board there's a picture of a house that has very large windows like the one that we bought and it says and there's a picture of a key and it says May 22. Wow geez I think it was bang on wasn't it yeah it's 20 yeah yeah Jeez. And that wasn't something, you know, it's full of a picture of first class. It's a picture of the award of money, everything you would have on a vision board, because, you know, that's what it's all about, isn't it? Yes. Um, and so it wasn't any one particular thing I'm looking at. I'm just, as I'm brushing my teeth, looking at the pictures. I'm not specifically mm -hmm. wanting that. 
because we were going to move back to England uh, last year. And that didn't happen for various reasons. And so we suddenly said, oh, oh, let's just stay here. It's a good place to be. And I didn't go looking for that house to look like that picture. It wasn't until last month I looked and I thought, oh, my gosh, look at that. It actually looks like it. Do you think there's definitely something subconsciously working in people's mind? Because I, I, I totally agree with you that if you're looking at something all the time, it's kind of like the law of attraction. You're going to, you're going to attract yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I've always believed in it, um, but it's quite magical when you actually see that. One thing I've noticed from chatting to you and from from listening to to podcasts and from um, looking at your page and and following you for a while is that you're extremely positive. Um, And obviously knowing David as well, it's it's hard not to be positive and and uh, full of encouragement uh, being around him um having experienced that firsthand in regards to your positivity and having a very much growth mindset were you always like that or did that change in your in your 50s as well i just like to say during covid that was one of the most annoying things David's <laughs> he was happy every flipping day during Imagine. covid during lockdown, I was like, could you please just be sad with me? Just for, <laughs> just for, be sad with me. Just stop being happy for five minutes. Um, he is generally, if he's down, that's my job to find out why and help him back up again, because it is very, very rare. I go up and down uh my happy pills as i said they make they keep me quite level but i will still have the odd day when i think i can't do instagram today i i don't do instagram for people to say oh you're so beautiful you're lovely la 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 that's not the purpose of it thank you very much but there are only sometimes you just think i can't keep saying thank you to people do you know what i mean i don't it's um I'm incredibly grateful for the gifts that Instagram gives me in meeting people and tremendous opportunities that I never would have had. But it's sort of a double-edged sword. You have to be consistent. You have to keep at it all the time. And there are days when I just think, I don't want to go near it today. Um, And I would just like to stay in bed today and not talk to her. And I don't want to answer my phone. But you can't keep on like that because you have to keep moving forward. So I, I can snap myself out of it. But if I'm not on my happy pills, I would not be able to snap myself out of it. I wouldn't be on Instagram and I wouldn't um, I wouldn't go to events. I, 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 I would be not a happy person. And you mentioned that you're on happy pills for a considerable amount of time. What, yeah. you know, some people might have um a reluctance to go on these these pills because they might think it's something like around depression or something like that um what would your what's your guidance around that because you know there's obviously people might be reluctant to take pills but it is it is a deficiency it, it's like uh that i take thyroid i have an underactive thyroid i take medication for that and i take citalopram because i have depression And when we got to Dubai, for example, 12 years ago, I thought, well, I'm going off the pills. We live in a five bedroom house. We we do not anymore, we live in an apartment. But when we got here, we were given a five bedroom house with the army with a swimming pool. And we were living in Dubai, the dream. So I went off my pills, started crying. Why am I crying? We're living here. I have got nothing to be sad about. I went to the doctor and they just said, you've just got to go back on the pills. You just, you need them. So that is, that is what happens to me when I go off them. I just cannot be normal. You're big into running and you ended up doing a hundred kilometers. Was that last year? Back in 2019, uh, I did the, I did a run in South Africa because I'd always, I've always been a jogger. And then uh, when I was 50, I did my first marathon. And having done my marathon, I thought, oh, I just don't want to keep 
doing marathons and trying to get a faster time. So I did my first ultra, which was 56 kilometers um, uh, in South Africa. And then I was running with somebody and she said, oh, I'm off, excuse me, I'm off to England to do the 100 kilometer race, race to the Stones, Oxford to Swindon, not Swindon, not Swindon. And I thought, oh, David, I, I want to do this. And he had never run an ultra in his life. He'd only run a marathon. He said, oh, I'll do it too. I have never loved him more than I did when we did that. Seriously, we held hands. We thought we'd be finished by 10 p.m. We were out there until 2 a.m. We started at seven something in the morning. It took us 16, over 16 hours. It was miserable. It was cold. It was dark. He had a head torch that he borrowed from a friend and it was the dimmest thing <laughs> you've ever come across. And we're in those, you know, the ruts that tractors make along paths. Yeah, yeah. So, so you're putting your foot in the rut and nearly uh. falling over and just literally we held hands and told each other stories and kept going and we finished. And it was incredible. I think we'll do it again. And we will be better prepared. Um, yeah, I think we will do it again. Not yet, but we will. Brilliant, brilliant. And do you still do you still do a lot of running yourself? Is it a weekly thing? I'm going through a bit of a dry spell at the moment. Not not really feeling the running bug, but I will get back into it. What with the house move and all sorts of things that have been going on. Um, I have neglected my exercise. Also, I thought that I would become a bikini um, fitness model thing. What is, it, what is that competition? Bikini fitness competition. I was going to do so. I was going to get built. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I know what you're about. I yeah. did three months of that, and I did not like myself at all. I started getting big, and it totally freaked me out my clothes didn't fit me and I didn't like it so I had to lose that I went cold turkey off it and um, stopped eating the amount of food that I had to eat and drinking all the drinks I was drinking and and lost it but also lost the whole will to run and exercise at all so I've got to get back into it which I will and do you do exercise every day Caroline is it, is it still a routine of yours uh, right now, no, I'm not. I'm Normally focusing on sleep and um, little food is what I'm working on at the moment. But I, I will get, I think probably when we've moved house in the next month or so, then I'll get back into the new area, new routine. Are you are you um, intermittent, intermittent faster as well, like, uh, like David? Yes, uh, I've done that actually most of my life, low carb um, and not eating i'll have coffee in the morning uh, and then we probably don't eat until about 11 12 maybe i won't even eat sometimes until one or two depending depending on what i'm doing that day so i'll just live on coffee until lunchtime have i don't know some nuts or cheese or something like that for lunch and then we'll eat a meal at about six and then that'll be it for the evening can you give us an insight into your Instagram journey? I believe you went on Instagram in 2018. Um, in your 50s, you must have been like, what the hell do I do here? Um, and... I, I still do. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, you, you... yeah, I, I started that and my children would message me and say, mum, what do you put that on there for? Mum, you can't say that. I, and I'd say, but I think it's okay because I think a lot of people like it. And then I'd do it again and then I'd, more people would like it. And, and now I just do whatever I want, except my daughter will still message me and say, mum, why did you do that? <laughs> my son will send me a message and say, well done, mum. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. And how, like, how did you, literally, you, you, you grew up to, what is it, 400, you four, over, well over 400,000 followers now and that's it, absolutely remarkable how how has that happened it's mind-blowing it happened i think mainly by makeup having had 
having been made up by very big makeup artists. And I think, I think that's what does it because that is shared an awful lot. Um, so you've got Hindash, lovely Hindash who's out here, uh, Booba, uh, Nikki Makeup who's in London. Um, so I've been really, I've been lucky. And, and again, uh, saying yes, if somebody says they want to do something with you, just say yes. It might not come to anything, but it's, what have you got to lose? What was the first couple of shoots like, you know, when you got into modeling? Because obviously you, you would have been, you wouldn't have had the confidence, but, you know, they must have been quite difficult, were they? You were kind of going into the unknown. I didn't, when I did that, um, the Rosemary Water shoot in London, I, I don't know where that came from, but it was fantastic. And I have to say, I rocked it. I don't know how I did, but I did. It was fantastic. I was even naked in British folk. And the whole day was just brilliant. I was the only model, just me. And it was the best day ever. I came back to Dubai thinking, I am now a model. <laughs> didn't quite work out that way. I couldn't get any jobs. I didn't have any other pictures. You see, I only had those pictures and as phenomenal as they were, it wasn't enough. It didn't make me a model. I, I don't really find it intimidating. I think it's worse for youngsters because they are all more similar. So there's a lot more competition out there for them. There is more competition now for my age group because it, it's becoming a bit of a thing. But we are all so individual in our 50s. So I think there's a lot more room out there for middle-aged models. Um, we have very strong... Um, a strong look um, and a, quite a strong identity, I think, because we found it. And have you any examples that, I, I'd imagine you probably get messages on, on a regular basis on, on Instagram and even emails, but where your story has helped and encouraged people, is that kind of the main goal of your, of your platform? In conjunction, in conjunction with, with the makeup and, and, and whatnot. Absolutely. I answer every DM and a lot of people ask where to find a menopause specialist. So in my highlights, I have um, a list of menopause specialists all over the world. So they'll message and say, I live in Brazil. Can you help me? And I'll put a story out immediately saying someone's looking for a specialist in Brazil or Cologne or you know wherever um so that's one way um meeting people around here for coffee uh i i'm uh, work with king's college hospital here so i meet a lot of doctors um we talk about fatty liver <laughs> and all sorts of things anything that is is happening in my life is going to be happening to other people so getting your heart checked um, getting a bone density checked, whatever it is, um, I can probably help you find a good doctor because word of mouth is the best way, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Definitely, definitely. Um, have you experienced any negative negativity online? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Not, how, not a lot, not a lot. And, and it really, it does affect me. I, I can't tell you it doesn't. And even when David says, you know, you've got 400 comments and you've got one negative, it's still the one that stays with me. But it'll be, you're ugly. You know, or something like that. Which, I know I'm not ugly. But, but I want to talk to that person. I want to say, where did that come from? Why did you feel the need? So... That is that is what it leaves me with. It's wanting to talk to that person. Probably a fake account, and that's not way to, Yeah, but it's it, it's horrible, and it's uh, sad um, that people feel that. And even on you see it on Twitter on on a regular basis, the, the nasty comments. Um, but it is. I mean, it's it's easy for people to say ignore it. it it's but it isn't easy to ignore it. 
Yeah, definitely, definitely. What do you think works for growth of social media or growing your presence? I know you have the makeup deals and you've modeling, but what, what do you think has helped you as well to, to kind of grow? The, the, the deals aren't really what, for me, what makes my internet grow as such because I'm not there to advertise things. Yes, I do occasionally advertise things, but they are generally things I actually use in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, if I do advertise them also you know I do have to earn some money sometimes and I will word it so that you know I'm not actually using this on a regular basis I'm trying it out because they've asked me to try it out so I'll use it for two months or whatever it is and I will tell you what I think of it um, but I think it's being authentic it, at the end of the day it's being a little bit raw, not necessarily going on there and crying, but telling people when you're having a damn day that not every day is full of roses because that wouldn't be human. Yeah, no, definitely. And it, yeah, it's been authentic and, and unique. Um, we're coming towards you now, and I'm sorry for keeping you. We'll, we'll try to finish at the hour. Uh, would you... You, you've spoken about this, so don't take this the wrong way, but the IVF route at the time, you know, now I suppose a lot more people are talking about it, but at the time, how did you feel? Did you feel upset, down? Um, just so, because I, I imagine a lot, of, a lot of women and couples have an hour going through that. Yes, I believed it was means to an end. Even back then, I had bought baby clothes. I think I bought my first baby clothes when I was about 16. And I had to put them away in a cupboard. I always believed I was going to have children. And it did become, it came as a shock. Um, I had an ectopic pregnancy. So therefore, I had all the symptoms of being pregnant. But it had to be removed because the pregnancy was in the fallopian tube and was going to grow in the tube, and that is when it uh, can cause um, major issues. Um, So I ended up being sterilized because I ended up having two ectopics, and therefore it was unlikely I was going to have a normal pregnancy. And the only way after that was IVF. And it failed. And then, okay, when 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 can we do the next one? And then that failed. Right, well, when can we do the next one? Because it is going to work one of these days. And so I remember being devastated each time it was negative, but I always wanted to, you know, get on to the next, the next phase. But it's blooming expensive. I think that's the, the, the thing. Luckily, David being in the army, we got the medicine for free. So it, it definitely helped. Um, but we weren't in the position to do national health because we were always traveling around the world so took four attempts for max uh he was made in canada to english specification and then we were lucky first time so my fifth ivf with mimi and she was made in delhi in india oh and uh, did it i suppose just moving on track because i am conscious about time but uh, you have to tell us briefly about the Coca-Cola story, your addiction to Coca-Cola or was it Pepsi? Pepsi. Pepsi was it. <laughs> apologies. Apologies. And you went to hypnostic hip, 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 or hypnotherapy or something like that? I did. I did. And it stopped me drinking it for a year. And I, had, I just didn't feel different in any way. I was still able to run. And I have even taken Pepsi on a run. I, I am that addicted to it, but Jeez. it gets very fizzy in it and it tries to bubble out of the top. So it's not, not advised, but yeah, I wake up in the morning and after my coffee, I drink diet Pepsi and I drink it all the way through the day, every day. Well, you still do. So that, that it only worked for a year, was it? Yeah, because I didn't see any point to it uh, because I've also, I've spoken to doctors and um, mixed reviews, but generally it's not as negative as people there'll always be people who will be shouting me down right now and saying it's gonna 
you're going to die of it. Even David says, I'm going to die of Pepsi. <laughs> but, um, but, but other doctors say that it actually isn't as bad. I mean, there are other worse things. And we don't drink alcohol and don't smoke cigarettes. And so Pepsi is my vice. That's fair enough. No, that's that's fair enough. Yeah, we, when you balance that out on people who drink alcohol or smoke, you know, so it's uh, yeah, no, that's that's. Well, yeah. I'm not saying it's a good thing, and I wouldn't advise anyone to do it. My daughter drinks water. I don't like water. Fair enough. And you have to pay for it over here in, in the voice or that. <laughs> <laughs> um, just what would in in an let me start again. In an ideal world, what would the next five years look like for you, uh, Caroline? Do you hope to be here in Dubai or what's the, what's the immediate plan? I do, actually. Um, having been desperate to leave last year, I very much hope that we will be happily still living in Dubai and in our new home, uh, working, traveling, yeah, more of more of the same. I'm I'm excited about the future. Um, what am I going to be? Fifty eight this year. Dave's going to be sixty next year. Uh, so yeah, lots of happiness, celebrations, and maybe engagements <laughs> from the children. That would be nice. No pressure. No pressure. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. No. Um, yeah, just just living a happy, healthy life. Brilliant. Uh, two things you you mentioned, and you kind of touched on it there, but you mentioned previously uh, you're excited to be 60. Um, you're ex- extremely excited about the future. Again, kind of dating back to what we spoke about initially in the podcast, um, you know, a lot of people wouldn't be excited. They lack guidance. They don't know what the future will hold. What, what could you kind of encourage people to do to maybe to help them change their mindset? Um, obviously not, not, you know, the one thing is going to help everyone, but maybe what could help people that look, you're only halfway through your life. It would be that there are only two choices and that is be stagnant or move forward. And if you've got many years ahead of you, I mean, even if you have one year ahead of you, why would you sit still and not do anything? Mm-hmm. You've got to keep moving forward, move forward and find out what makes you happy. Because did... there's something out there. No, definitely. The other is definitely, it's just about just helping to, to move that mindset. How do you deal with the difficult days and the challenging days? I don't, I can be, I can have a down day and be down all day. And if David's not in the mood, he'll just happily pass through and uh, say, I, yeah, how are you doing? And I'll say, not feeling, not really not feeling it today. Say, it's okay. And then he'll march off. I, well, that didn't help very much. And then he'll have other days where he will come and sit down with me and, uh, and actually ask what's wrong. And that's what I think I'm really wanting him to do. I'm, but I need him to, to open me up to, to and I, because sometimes I don't even know what, what's got me down. You know, so it's, it's having somebody around you who can help you out of that hole. And, and have those conversations. I'd like to finish every podcast with this question. What are the I'm two- nervous. what are two daily non-negotiables for you coffee with a pepsi (laughs) is it coffee and pepsi yeah that's it that's it too um i think having a hug from david i i have got to then then so do you know you what you haven't hugged me today (laughs) i need a i need a hug um so coffee and a hug probably Brilliant, brilliant. And what's, um, do you have a motto you live by? I think it just would be be excited about living. I mean, I do, I use the be a Viking, not a victim, um, which, which really helped me um, back when I needed a kick, really. Um, and I loved that series, Vikings. 
Um, so Beer Viking, not a victim, was was something that I lived by for quite some time, and it definitely helps people when I use it. Brilliant. No. Otherwise, just keep moving forward. Keep moving forward and, and be excited to be alive. I love it. I love it. On, on that note, we'll uh, we'll wrap it up. Appreciate you taking the time out, Caroline, to come on Inside View podcast. And uh, best of luck with everything going forward. I'm sure we'll, we'll cross paths in a couple of weeks. I'd love that. Thank you. I hope you all enjoyed that interview with Caroline. Such an incredible and inspiring story. That is all from us on this week's episode. Please get in contact with the show if you'd like to be part of it in any way possible. And be sure to follow us on social media. Uh, we're on all social media platforms. Search an Inside View podcast or On The Ball Team Building and you'll find us. Have a lovely week and be sure to tune in again next week when we have another exciting guest. Till then, stay safe and remember, cred on it, Talk to you all soon and thank you all for listening.